Hello, everyone. I'm Dorian Withrow. I'm here with Xavier. And I have a special guest today. We got Byron Cogdale, and he is the owner of the Hoagie Stop. So, Byron, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm going to ask you guys, uh, do you guys want the long story or the short story? Do you want it from whatever story you want? I, I think I want the long story. The long story? I like long, yeah. I, I'm going to give you a little bit about myself, um, a background on who I am right now, then give you a story about how I came up and how I'm getting to the place and where my dreams and aspirations are for the Hoagie Stop and how we plan on taking this thing around the country. Um, I'm 35. I'm going to be 36 years old this year in July. I currently have two kids. I have a newborn son. He's six months old, and I have a 14-year-old daughter. She's a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that keep me going, keep me motivated to do 20-hour days, to push through and to keep pushing no matter how busy we are, no matter what I got to face every day. I get up and I do it for them. Um, I'm here because uh, Daniel Robinson, I've known him. He's a customer of mine. Uh, he actually works with my wife. My wife works for Say Yes as well. And um, Daniel's a really good dude, and I like what he's doing in the community with the youth, with the Breaking Barriers uh, group. And I like the change he's trying to put into the community and any way I can assist him, I'm always there for it. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, I currently own a restaurant, The Hoagie Stop, on 220 Allen Street. Uh, to take you back some years to my younger years, uh, I grew up on the west side of Buffalo. Um, on my menu at The Hoagie Stop, I have a, a menu item called the West Side Special, and I have it named that just to rep my roots and where I'm from. I grew up on 18th Street at the west side of Buffalo. I went to School 45, elementary school. Then I went to Lafayette and graduated from Lafayette. Um, I didn't do any college, really. I did a semester in college, and I looked around, and I thought, well, it's not really for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I was in high school at Lafayette, I had my first job washing dishes at Cole's Restaurant. I was 15 years old. The owner at the time didn't know I was 15, and I was working 40, 50-hour work weeks. And then when he found out how old I was, he told me, he's like, I can't have you doing this on school nights and things like that. And I told him, I'm like, well, how about I keep my Thursday night shift, my Friday night shift. I work a double Saturday and a double Sunday. He didn't oppose to it. I still got my hours in. Mm-hmm. And I brought my first car when I was 15 years old. I brought a 1990 Cadillac to Danderville. And I was driving to school, driving myself to high school at 15 years old. So everybody kind of knew that about me. Like, I was the dude that always got to it. And I knew how to do it without having to do go to the streets to do it. A lot of all my friends, they wanted to party on the weekends. They wanted to go to house parties, go to parties, go to, you know, drink, do stuff that young teenage kids try to do. My main focus was make some money. I wanted to outwork anybody and everybody around me. So when I went to work, I was the best dishwasher I could be until they promoted me to my next position. I did everything you can think of echoes from washing dishes to bussing tables to serving to cooking. And my last years there, I was a manager. Um, Coles is a very successful restaurant, and I managed like 25 people underneath me, and it was a it was an experience that prepared me for what I'm doing today. So this is why I always try to tell you know people that are younger than me, take ownership of whatever job it is that you may have, because you never know when that experience is going to come back out and you're going to use it down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward in my life, like I told you, I worked for Coles for about 10 years up until my 20s. Um, I got to about 24. My daughter at the time was about five or six years old, and I was kind of, like, lost in my life. I was going from job to job. I was work, I worked at Geico. People think, like, you, it's not a knock to anybody that 
can sit down and do it, that job is just not for me. Like, you know, they paid a good wage, but that's mm-hmm. not something I can see myself doing, like going and sit inside of a cubicle for eight hours and them telling me when I can take a break, them telling me when it's my lunchtime. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So I quit the job. I worked at Bank of America. I worked at M&T. And this is all without a college education. I was able mm-hmm. to sit in front of other people that had college educations and be able to sell myself to people and let them know, like, I'm going to come in here and get the job done. And I've always done it. Like any job that I did work, I would work it to the best of my ability. Then I would move on to the next job. It's like I looked at jobs as a season until I can get to where I'm trying to get to in my life. And seasons change. So once the season's over, I got to get to the next one. Got to prepare myself for the next season, just like anything with life. So as I grew up in life and made my mistakes in my 20s, I realized I wasted a lot of time. Like, a lot of time in my 20s playing Madden, playing a video game. Like, don't get me wrong. I went to work. I earned a living. I owned my house. But as far as I felt like taking steps in the real world, I was kind of afraid mm-hmm. to face the world. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of, like, what other people would think about my thoughts and how I how I would put my thoughts to the world. And it really took me to, like, lose my mother. Uh, I, had, I lost my mom in 2019. Mm-hmm for me to like, accelerate my process in life to realize like, you know, time is of the essence and you have to take every day and appreciate every day. Cause I had all these big plans to do things for my mom in the future and she's not here anymore. So now I have a different appreciation for time and what I do with my time. I don't waste time. I'm all about business and I'm all about moving forward in my life. Um, to tell you a little bit about the hoagie stop and how that happened, uh, my wife and I were remodeling our home um, that I purchased in North Buffalo, and we, me and my wife purchased in North Buffalo, and at the time, we didn't have a kitchen because they were we completely gutted our house, and we were doing it all over from scratch. And me and my wife, we went to Home Depot one day. We were getting things for our house, and I seen this flat-top grill. Like, like, oh, we can buy this and cook out. I can cook outside, cook certain things outside. So first thing I cooked on the flat-top grill were steak hoagies kind of made a sauce. I didn't really care for it the first time, but me and my wife enjoyed the hoagies and we posted pictures of everything that we did on Facebook, like the whole process of what I did. And people kept saying, you should sell them. And each time I would make hoagies, I wouldn't sell them. I would just make them, take pictures, post them and make people kind of like want them. I would do it over and over and over and over again. Then finally, once I felt like I got my sauce mastered down to what I wanted it to be, I made a post on social media one day and said, you know, the hoagies I've been asking about, I'm going to be doing them out in my backyard. If you want to order, inbox me. It, um, first time I did hoagies, I did over 80 hoagies. I did 86 hoagies out of my backyard. And I thought... Within mm-hmm. a day or a week? Within a day. Oh, no. One day. It was 86 hoagies. And okay. that, that was my thought process. Like, the look you gave me, I was like, <laughs> wow, this is actually... Like, people actually came to my backyard to get hoagies. So the next time I did it, we did over 100, and I realized how hard I was working off at one grill. I'm like, I need a little bit more space. Mm-hmm. So me and my wife went back to Home Depot. We brought a second grill. Then I brought a deep fryer. Then I brought smokers. I already had gas grills already before, but I basically turned my backyard into a kitchen. And customers would come back, they would order food, and I would hear them on the phone, like, whoever they're talking to, them, like, yo, this dude has a kitchen in his backyard. You <laughs> sure you don't want something? Like, his food smells good. Yeah. He has his fryer going. He does, he's do smoke fried wings. He does hoagies. And that's how I kind of built it out of my backyard. Like each time that I would do it, I did, uh, I just didn't do hoagies. I did smoked fried wings, but everybody knows the cost of wings has skyrocketed. 
So for me, I'm a businessman. I'm in business to make money. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of money in chicken wings, so I don't care to make them. But that's something that I really am good at doing. I do some, a specialty called smoked fried chicken wings. I am going to offer it on my menu as a specialty item mm-hmm. like uh, at the Hoagie Stop for rare occasions. But that's how I kind of grew the brand. Like I would go live on social media, on Facebook, anytime that I was cooking. I wasn't afraid to show people my process. I wasn't afraid to show people, like, if I mess something up, like, oops, this is a mess up. Like, don't do it like this, y'all. Like, so I wasn't afraid to show my process. And anytime I purchased new equipment and I reinvested back in myself, I advertised it to the people. Like, hey, customers, this is what I just purchased. Mm-hmm. I just purchased a 35-gallon deep fryer that goes outside. Now we can do fish fries. We can do wings. We can do all these things. And this is this like something for you guys to know. Like, when people see you and believing in yourself and investing in yourself, they're more to take you serious into what you're doing. If you're treating your whatever your dream and whatever your passion is, just as a hobby or something that you do in the spare time, people are going to come and do business with you in the spare time. But if you show the world that, hey, this is what I want to do, put some passion behind it, put a plan behind it, then take steps towards it every day, people are going to get behind you and, say, and see the movement. As I told you before, like we even started the podcast, you keep your foot in the door long enough, the right people are going to come along and assist you to your, on your journey to where you want to go keep the energy positive and keep moving forward. You're going to find everything that you want in this world. Um, along the way with myself doing it out of my backyard, we grew it so much. Like I didn't do this like every single day. I didn't do it every single week. I would kind of like do pop-up sales maybe once a month. And it kind of like got a real buzz. So anytime I would do it, people would like immediately jump on it. Like uh, Byron's doing the hoagies. My whole inbox would light up. I would sell out in a matter of an hour. I would sell 200 hoagies in an hour easily. And that's how fast the orders were coming in. And I started to look and think, like, you know, this is something that... So you went from 80 hoagies within just one day to 200 hoagies in an hour? No, 200. What I would do is I would pre-order. Like, so I would make a post uh-huh. that, like a week or so before I would actually do them. On this day, I'm doing X amount of hoagies or I'm doing I'm taking orders up until this day. Uh, for the whole for the hoagie sale, so they say if today's Monday, mm-hmm. and I was going to be doing them Saturday, I'll have a post made. Get your orders in. My last orders I'll take on Friday. I tell you all my orders. Know what I needed to go buy. Buy all my product. Buy all my buns. Buy all the steak that I needed. All the cheese I needed. Made enough sauce, and I would go outside and knock them out. They they would have time selected on when they want to pick their food up, and they would contact me. I had a phone for them to call. They're calling. Let me know when they're on their way to get their food. And it turned to be something so big that it was not like I had one or two or three people coming to my house at a time. We had waves of people coming to pick up food to the mm-hmm. point, like I said, my neighbors weren't happy mm-hmm. with the amount of traffic coming on the street. They called a health department on me, made me uh, stop having customers pull up on my street. So it made me think of a unique way to market myself even more to my customers and more to people that didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. I started making my hoagies at the house wrapping them up, putting them in warmers. Then I went around the corner to Jim Steakout on Delaware, and I sold them out of Jim Steakout parking lot. Wow. So they, they, became, they never tried to shut you down man. or nothing? Well, I did. I, again, I, I did I it mean, so sparingly that by the time they realized what was happening, I was like a bank robber. I was in and out. Yeah. They didn't know what was happening. Like The workers would come out of Jim Steakout. I'm like, why is our parking lot full of cars? And nobody's coming inside. And they're all coming to the side of the building to get their hoagies from me. So I knew I couldn't do that very long. And I started then at that point looking for a place to cook. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was a commercial kitchen on Chandler Street that I did um, sublease out through somebody. It wasn't a a real positive work environment, okay. and I don't I don't try to leave out any story of my story because I want people to understand that you're going to meet roadblocks in life, mm-hmm. and how you deal with difficult situations is going to define your story and define you as a person as you move mm-hmm. forward. And the person that I was dealing with at Chandler Street, I won't mention if it's a woman, man, or whatever the case may be, because it's a black person as well. I'm not here to tear anybody down. Mm-hmm. But how they handled me, I would never handle somebody that's trying to come up mm-hmm. as a business. Like, as, as if you were to come to mm-hmm. me and with any which way I can help you, I'm going to be a positive person. I want to come to you with positive thoughts, positive results, and how I can help you grow your business. I wouldn't do anything to try to hinder you. And that's what I felt like happened to me at Chandler Street. And it was really discouraging. I wasn't even there for a month. And the person that I was leasing the building from thought I was coming there to do, like, you know, 40, 50 hoagies or something, not realizing I'm coming to do real business. So I outgrew that space very fast. It wasn't a very friendly working relationship of what I had to deal with. And God blessed me with the landlord that my friends vouched for me to and told this guy, like, yo, this dude has a big following. Your place won't be empty at all. And I met the landlord the first day. He says he's heard everything about me and shook my hand and handed me the keys and said, you know, this is your hoagie stop. <laughs> and it's, I opened up February 1st and we taken off. Wow. Like with, with some real speed and some real power and some real forces, we're coming as a business. I'm coming to build a brand and something that I'm here to stand on and build and take across the country that I'm going to franchise and take to other cities, to other states across the country. And I'm looking to build a team. I'm looking to build a silent team that can grow with me, willing to grow with me, willing to put the work in, understanding the sacrifice that it comes to get something off the ground. Like Mm -hmm. nothing that's worthwhile is going to come easy to you. And I always want to keep that message out to everybody that's chasing a dream or chasing something you're going to have those days where you're going to have real roadblocks put in front of you. I have a model. <laughs> I'm going to go around it. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to jump over it. But well, best believe, I'm going to get through it. It's not going to stop me. Like, no roadblocks put in front of me are going to stop me. Mm-hmm. And I would like to always let everybody know, like, whatever dream it is that you may have, it's not too big for you to chase. I started out of my backyard with one grill. My first month that I've been open, we had 3,600 sales. Not 3,600 hoagies, 3,600 customers that came and placed orders. And some of those orders were 10 hoagies, 12 hoagies, 15 hoagies on the tickets. So 3,600 sales in my first month of being open. And this started from me purchasing a flat top out of my, from Home Depot while my wife was, while me and my wife were remodeling our home. And it was something that I've always had a passion. Like cooking has always been a passion. It's not like something that just came out of the sky. I've always known that I wanted to have my own restaurant or have a food truck. I just didn't know the plan of how it was going to come together. And that's why I say, like, if you stay in something long enough, the right people will come along to guide you along the path. And it's still right now, each day that I wake up, I'm learning more and more about business to the point that people think I have it figured out and they don't know. Like, some days I go home defeated, but I don't, <laughs> I get it the next day and I attack it again. And I learn and I figure it out. And that's the part about life that I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying my whole journey. I'm enjoying the moment of sitting here in front of young black men that are younger than me, looking up to me like four way out, like to chase a dream. How do you how do you continue on? I'm here to tell my story and to let everybody know, like, as long as you got a dream and a plan and like you have like actually 
ways that to actually attack your plan each day, each day you're going to get closer and closer. You may not see it. People around you may not see it. Mm -hmm. But as long as you're moving forward, you're going to get closer and closer to the dreams that you're chasing. Well, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. That's yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, mean that, you, that hit, <laughs> you hit yeah. all the points, but um, I want to I want to know more about. So you had a uh, you had your employment throughout the years. How do you feel like that has like fit into your business now? Like, what have you gained and learned through your history of employment, and how has that you know uplifted your business? You know, mentality, all that. Well, one thing I can say I learned when I worked at Geico, I think that was the place that trained me the most, like for production. Like before I actually took a phone call at Geico, they put you through strenuous training to make sure that you were trained. And then they explained the process to you, like why we want you to say these words on the phone, why we want you to do it this way. And they explained to you, like, well, we pay, we did lots of research to study to say, if you say this keyword on the phone, it's going to get a customer to relax or a customer to be happy or feel like it's a better, better service that you're providing by keywords that they wanted me to say. And I used to think like, this is stupid. Like, why do you want me to say this on the phone? Like they're calling in to pay the bill. They don't want to hear all this extra stuff, but they made it a point to teach us. And once I understood like, you know, the why or why you want me to do this, it taught me now in business. It's a why I want my employees to do certain things my way at, at, at the hoagie stop. I want my hoagies made a certain way, not the way you made them at your previous job or where you used to work at or how they did it at whatever place you worked at before. When you come through these doors at the hoagie stop, I need you to do it my way. And now I understand the importance of explaining to people why to do it my way. And that was something that working at previous jobs taught me, like the the training aspect of it. Geico was backed by Warren Buffett, one of the richest people in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, his, like the way that they, the way that they do data and the way that they learn on how to impact customers. I took that in my mind, like, and I thought for myself, like, I'm going to steal you guys or what you guys are doing and your guys' thought process, but I'm just going to transfer it from insurance, but to food. Mm-hmm. And it's the same process of how I'm building my business. Um, from the hoagie stop, from the ground up, we have an employee handbook. Mm-hmm. I have employee contracts. Mm-hmm. I have real job applications. It's not something that's like a little mom and pop shop, like mm-hmm. where it's the average thing where you walk in and just get a job. Like, no, I I have a 90-day probationary period. Again, I've learned all these things from working at Geico, from working at other companies. So those seasons in my life were seasoning me for these moments right now. Like, right now I have lots of experience from running a restaurant from the age of 20 to 24, but working in a restaurant since I was 15 years old. So I know, like, every aspect of a restaurant from how food comes out to how customers come in to how we should sit them down to how we should cash them out to how to communicate with them. From working at Geico, Bank of America, M&T Bank, they're all customer service jobs. And it taught me the customer service element of doing business. It taught me the customers always right, no matter how bad you want to argue and fight it, no matter how much they piss you off in the moment. Make it right with the customer because one cus- one bad customer can do more damage than 100 happy customers. And that's that's just a fact of life. Like one person can go around and slander your business name inside of a mall, inside of a restaurant, any, any nail salon, anywhere. So the, my energy is to my employees. If we mess up, even if we think we didn't mess up, let's make it right. Okay. We're not here to argue with any customers. We're not here to go back and forth with anybody. If we if they say that the hoagie's made wrong, make it again. Mm. 
I could tell you a quick story about how Domino's came up. Uh, when Domino's first opened up, Domino's Pizzeria, this customer would come into Domino's and complain about the way his pizza was made. Mm-hmm. I complained every single time he would come in. Every week he would come in and order the same pizza every Monday, and every Monday he would complain. Finally, the owner said, how about you come back and show me how you want your pizza to be made? That's what the owner did. Customer was happy. And it was a customer for the rest of his like, for the, the guy who lived the rest of his life, came in every Monday, continued to order his pizza from Domino's. And that's why Domino's makes their pizza the way that they do. It's because <laughs> of how this, now this is a real story. Like, yeah. Guy would come in every time and complain. My pizza's not made. My pizza's not made right. The owner could have been, hey, you know what? Go someplace else and get your pizza. Instead, he said, well, come here. Show me how you want your pizza to be made. Oh, what did he call it? Put the guy in the back? Brought him to the back. Look it up. It's a real story <laughs> about how Domino's grew as a company. Wow. Another story is how Five Guys grew as a company. That's something that I'm imaging the hoagie stop after. I respect the way that they grew as a chain throughout America and how the family still owns 75% of the company. I'm big into ownership. I'm mm-hmm. big into keeping ownership and keeping it with our people and doing business with our people, not saying that I'm opposed to doing business with anybody that's not black, but I'm, I'm opposed to bigging up mm-hmm. our community mm-hmm. because I feel like we're lacking in so much. And my ultimate goal for the Hoagie Stop is one day to be able to come back to the city of Buffalo, put a community, community center into the city of Buffalo to stop a lot of the nonsense that's going on in the city. Like all this division that's from, I'm from this city, I'm from this street, I'm from this, uh, it's all nonsense. Mm-hmm. And people don't really realize the nonsense until they lose a bunch of friends, they go to jail, they get older, and they look back like, was any of this stuff really worth it? Mm-hmm. And I want to eliminate it earlier. I want to eliminate the going to jail part, the people having to go to funerals and bury their friends. Let's 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 look at each other as business partners. Let's look at each other. Let's, let's uplift each other. Let's look at it like teammates instead of looking at each other's competition. So who can have the most sneakers or who can have the most this and the most that in life that gets you nowhere. Like if, if black people looked at each other as, as friends, brothers, like, as we should, instead of enemies and wanting to kill each other, we, we wouldn't, we don't understand the greatness that we can touch. If we all work together, like if we if everybody from day one, from five, six years old, if the if the message is taught to the kids, work together. Your friend is not your competition. Which sneakers he wears does not affect what you do in your daily life. If his parents can afford to buy him or they buy him sneak all the Jordans and you're coming to school without all the Jordans, it doesn't make you any less of a person than what that person is that has all the Jordans. Because I can tell you one thing, I haven't brought a pair of sneakers in four years. I made I made up made up my mind that if I'm going to be able to come and talk to people, I want to be able to sit here and not come with Gucci and Louis Vuitton. I can afford all of those things. Mm-hmm. I can go buy all those things, but what is it going to do? Like make somebody that's looking at me thrive to want to have these things and thinking that that's life. Mm-hmm. I'm I know that it's not. That's smart. I know that it's not. So I, if people are going to listen, I want to lead by example. My goal is to work. I, this is why I'm here. I want to work with Daniel. I want to work with other people that are in the mm-hmm. community. I want to really bring a community center to the city of Buffalo where it's not designated for one section of the city. No, every school bus is pulling up and dropping kids off. Mm-hmm. We have a section for five to seven-year-olds. We have a section for eight to ten-year-olds. And we're all combining them together. We're letting their brains all grow together. No fighting. Like Have strong leadership at the top. Mm-hmm. Not having street dudes inside of the community center 
working with the youth, teaching more bad habits. No, have people like Daniel. Have people like from Say Yes. Have people from Breaking Barriers. Hopefully somebody like yourself as you're growing older, come back and give back to the youth. Teach them like it's more to life than violence, than selling drugs, chasing women. Like as being a young man, like you don't want to sit here and put yourself in certain situations. I know I may be going off topic from the hoagie stop, but it all ties back into success in life. The sooner we can teach our kids, we ain't got to be chasing women 15, 16 years old. You don't know what you're doing. Like I, I wish I had somebody to steer me in the right direction at that age, thinking that at 18, 19, you got to be finding some girl to be with. I have a 14-year-old daughter. I look at life completely different. Like, I, I don't want nobody touching my child. And I, I let her know that like now. like I'm very blunt and very direct with her about how to carry yourself as a young lady and how to carry yourself as you're growing up as a young lady, like to respect your body. And even my son, I'm not teaching him to grow up to be some player and to go talk to all the women or nothing. No, you're going to grow up to be a respect, respectable young man. You're going to grow up there with manners. You're going to all grow up with values, with morals, and you're going to treat the world how it should be treated, with respect. And you get back what you give out. And that's just honest. That's the honest truth. You're going to get back what you get out, what you put into this world. It's all going to come back full circle to you. So that's why I try to be in a place of providing positive energy, positive thoughts, and breeding positive results. Because I just believe that positive thoughts breed positive results. And that's what I'm here for. As a family, man, how do you manage um, this business that's exploding and, you know, <laughs> being dad at the same time and, you know, being a husband too? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, uh, this is the part that I'm still learning as a man. Like, as a, I'm 35, I'm going to be 36. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and lie to you like I'm perfect. I'm still learning how to balance like, business with family life. Um, right now, my wife holds it down with my son. Um, my daughter's mother holds it down with my daughter. I, they don't really get to see me much. I usually work 20-hour days when we are in production mode at the Hoagie Stop. When I'm open Tuesday through Saturday, I'm usually going out the house for 20 hours throughout the day. Um, when Sunday does come, I tune the whole world out, and it's my family time. Mm -hmm. Even though I may be asleep, I'm with them. Like, even though I may be, like, they know I'm not leaving the house. I'm not doing anything special. I'm going to be in the house with them. But I'm, it's still it's still a fine balance that I'm still trying to find. And as I build the business and I get, you know, more trusted employees and people that I know I can walk away from the business with, more family time is going to come. But as of right now, you know, my wife has been very understanding. My daughter's mother has been very understanding of what I'm trying to get off the ground. And they both mm -hmm. stepped up and they take care of my kids for me, to be honest with you. I provide, of course, financially and things like that. But as far as my time, I give it to them when I have it. At my free time, I give it to them. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a person that goes to clubs. I'm not a person that goes to bars. I don't party. I don't care for the thrill of Miami or the lights of Vegas or anything mm -hmm. like that. I've been, I've been there to those places. I've seen it. I've experienced it. And I know like, that's not something that moves my needle. Like it doesn't make me excited. And so my main focus now is business. Like, I want to grow the business. I want to be a very successful person. And then I want to be able to give back to my community. I want to be able to give back to the city of Buffalo with the success I'm able to gain from the Hokie Stop. But to be very direct with your answer, it's I understand the saying of why people that get on TV, like athletes, and they thank their wives for all the sacrifice, because it's a lot of sacrifice being put in. I have a new, I have a junior. He's my junior. And he's six months, and out of his six months that he's been here, I've probably legit seen him 
like for these past month and a half, I've probably seen them once or twice throughout the week. Like I'm just waking up and I'm going, I'm getting up and I'm running. That's how focused and dedicated I am to what I'm trying to build for him. So when he gets older, I'll be able to tell him. And when you're six months old, I didn't stop working. I put in 20-hour work weeks for you. And hopefully when he's five, six years old, I'm not doing that anymore. Hopefully it's four-hour days mm-hmm. instead of 20-hour days. But you got to grind to it, though. Mm-hmm. Nothing's just going to be handed to me, and I understand that. So I don't mind doing it. So uh, you're basically already alluding to it now, but what do you want your legacy to be towards like not just your six months year old, but your fourteen year old as well. Like, what do you want them to remember you by when you when you leave this world? And your older son too. Well, it's my life is about sacrifice, mm. and I want my kids to understand like, in order to gain something, you got to be willing to give something up that you may really care about or something that you may really want to do. You have to be willing to give things up to move forward in life. A quick example, I once had a SRT Jeep, um, supercharged, fast. I used to go race it a couple years ago. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It, was fat. Like it was my toy. We're finishing our home. We're running low on money. Things had to go. Like, I don't cherish possessions. Like, I believe if, yeah, if I'm able to get it once, I'd be able to get it back again at some point mm-hmm. in my life. So I don't care to cherish possessions and things like that. But, you know, nothing's, e- nothing's easier just given to you in life. All right, so I want to know a little bit more about, you know, what's you already you talked about it some a little bit, but like, what's the future looking like five years from now? What is your business looking like? What are you doing? How's everything going? Well, in five years, I plan on being somewhere in Texas. Mm. I don't know the exact city or the exact place, but I want to go to where the money is. Mm-hmm. It's lots of money in Texas. Yeah. No state income taxes in Texas. Um, just I just and it's I love Buffalo. I love everything about Buffalo, but the state of New York, far as trying to become where I want to become, it's a lot harder to do it here. Mm-hmm. Um, I took Buffalo to challenge on not leaving Buffalo because I had the opportunity. Just I can get up and go do this in North Carolina or Atlanta or any place that I want to do it. I took the challenge on of doing it here in Buffalo because I feel like Buffalo is a very uh, tough place when it comes mm-hmm. on food like everybody is a food critic and buffalo i feel like tries to tear new things down so i figured if i can come here and not come here if i can do this here open up a business here and be successful here i know i can do it anywhere mm. and that's that's my vision that i have um in five years i plan on having four locations here in throughout this the buffalo area um then I plan on expanding to North Carolina, then to Atlanta, and then to Texas. Um, how the the role goes, if it's Texas, then going back to Atlanta, then to North Carolina, I'm not sure the process and where it's going to be, but I plan on scaling the business and gain, like finding, a, finding a real business partner to put the engine in the hoagie stop so that way we can grow the way I want to grow it. I want to be in the image of five guys. I want to have multiple locations in multiple states and ever, the Hoagie Stop being a brand name like the, like the name Five Guys, like as a chain restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I don't mention McDonald's or Burger King because, you know, that's like fast food. Yeah. Whereas Five Guys is more or less trying to use quality food with fresh cut fries, fresh burgers, and things like that. Yeah. That's the same goal that I'm going with with my Hoagies. The best quality steak meat, 
boneless, skinless chicken breast that we clean, butterfly, and chop on our own grill. Uh, fresh cut fries served with us. Um, drinks served with every combo that we serve, like 20-ounce bottles, giving them a variety of choices to mm-hmm. choose of drinks. I'm building the image in, of five, like, in five guys of the hoagie stop. This is the way we're going to be in five years. I'm planning on you guys looking up and be like, yo, I remember talking to this dude Man, and on his podcast, yeah, and yeah. he's really in Texas opening up his 30th location, and this is just in five years. I'm mm-hmm. very, very goal-driven, and nothing, I, I, I don't think that a lot of people don't believe me. A lot of people didn't believe I was going to do what I'm doing now. And now I'm doing it, so it's giving it a different light on me, and people are looking at it different. Like, oh, this dude is not just somebody that's talking. I mean this when I say this. As long as I'm breathing, I'm going to keep moving forward. Amen. And that's the goal in life. And God willing, five years, I would like to have 30 locations opened up up and down the East Coast, moving down south down to Texas, mm-hmm. then eventually working my way out west to California to have locations out there as well. All right, so I'm going to end off with um – Tell people where your business is again. Uh, the Hoagie Stop is uh, located at 220 Allen Street. We're in a heart of Allentown. Um, we're legit up the street from my competition, Jim Stakeout. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm letting them know I'm here. I'm here to shake. I'm here to shake <laughs> up this, shake the tree and let them know I'm here for Don't business. In the in area, coming to you. Yes, I love. I ain't gonna lie. I love me some Jim Stakeout. I didn't get a Hoagie yet. I should get. Stop by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 220 Allen Street. Got you won't you be here. disappointed. The Hoagie Stop. Um, I have it customized to myself. I'm a huge Ninja Turtle fan, so when you walk into my restaurant, you're going to see the Ninja Turtles on on our uh, walls. You're going to see them with 49er hats on and Buffalo Bill hats on with our Ninja Turtles. So I'm showing love to the city, Mm -hmm. showing love to my 49ers as well in my business. Uh, You're going to see a lot of red when you walk in there. That's for my 49ers because I'm a big 49ers fan. But I understand where I am. I am mm-hmm. in the city of Buffalo. It's Mafia City, so Mafia first. Yeah, my no, it's my Forty Niners first. But I will show respect to the Buffalo Bills, and because I am in the city of Buffalo doing business, so much love to the Buffalo Bills and much success to the Buffalo Bills moving forward, mm-hmm. and much success to breaking barriers and what you guys are doing. I love the movement and continue to continue to continue pushing the envelope in a forward direction because we need more like mm-hmm. more brothers like y'all out here. Appreciate it. And you got any social media? Yes, um, you can follow me. On, on my name is Byron Cogdell Sr. on social media. We do have our business page, The Hoagie Stop. Um, you can follow on Facebook, also on Instagram. I'm not too active on Instagram, but I am very active on Facebook with our social media. Um, have over 5,000 followers on there, so you can like and follow and keep up with any updates that we may have on The Hoagie Stop. All right, before we head out, we do have to put you through the hot seat. All guests have to go through the hot seat. So hot seat. we're going to ask you a series of questions. You just got to give us the first answer that come to mind. Ready? I'm with it. Okay. I know you are a hoagie person, but we are in the city of Buffalo. So pizza or wings? Pizza. Pizza? Always. What? I'm not a wing guy at all. Pizza. Oh, I would eat a whole pizza myself. A large <laughs> pizza myself. I, I low-key if I'm hungry. I could eat a whole no, I mean, pizza. No, I, I mean, I'm I, a real big pizza dude. That's why I love the Ninja Turtles. Because they grew, <laughs> that was my oh, thing yeah, yeah. from, they love Ninja, they love pizza, I love mm-hmm. pizza. So. All right. Now, since you like pizza, what's your, what's the best pizza place in Buffalo? You're going to put me on the spot. Um, mm-hmm. It depends on the day. Um, right now, I've been rocking with Mr. Pizza on Elmwood. Mm-hmm. They've been getting my pizza right. But I feel like I, it's a lot of pizza places are a little inconsistent these days. You don't oh, get a yeah. good pie every time. But Mr. Pizza's been consistent for the past six months for me, so I've been rocking with them. Okay. 
Oh, well, I can't ask the favorite sports team you've been. 49ers. <laughs> Quite obvious with that. 49ers. All right. All right. Uh, what's next? What's next? Mm, favorite act. Actually, no. Which actor would you want to portray you in a movie? Which actor do you think would best like portray you the most? Hmm. That's a good one. I would say either Denzel Washington or Jamie Foxx. Hmm. That's nice. Uh, between... I know Daniel isn't here, so you can answer this as honest as you want. <laughs> so between Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, LeBron. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a LeBron. I can I can feel Daniel's spirit right yeah, now. I, just being yeah, I'm a, right I'm now. a big I'm a big LeBron guy, and uh, I think once LeBron retires, people are going to have a greater appreciation for what I can I can imagine for that. what he's yeah. done in this for what he's done for this league. Like I know he does a lot of flopping and crying and all that, but that's <laughs> that's my guy. I'm rocking with LeBron. All right, all right. Uh, the best, what's your overall, besides the hoagie stop, of course, what's your favorite place to visit in Buffalo? Insomnia cookies. They do got great cookies. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a cookie and pizza guy, so yeah, insomnia yeah. cookies. All right. I know you say you don't, like, get a lot of time to spend your children, but the time you do get to spend, like, what's your favorite thing to do with them? Well, my, me and my daughter, we both love The Office. That's our thing. Like, oh, so yeah, she yeah. loves The Office. She she used to hear me watching it uh, in the room when she was younger. And then as she got older, she started to watch The Office. And I thought it was pretty dope. So it's mm-hmm. something that me and her do. Then me and my son, we watch Coco Melon together on TV <laughs> and chill out. And like, I, was like to, I like to chill. I like to cook for my family. I'm not a, I'm not a flashy person. I like a nice mm-hmm. car and I like the nice house. I like to just chill and be out the way. So. All right. I'm always just with the family chilling in the house. Nice, nice. And final question. What is the greatest life advice that you have ever received? Well, my uncle, what am I, he's, God rest his soul, he's like a father figure to me growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, he always believed without order, chaos is soon to follow. Mm-hmm. So he would always would be big on teaching us about the ranking system, about who answers to who. Mm. Everybody has the answer to somebody in order for things to run smoothly. So that was always something that stuck with me my whole life, is that without order, chaos is soon to come Mm. in anything that you do in life. It must be order from the top to the bottom. Otherwise, at some point, chaos will happen. Mm. All right, all right. So, Xavier, you want to close us out? Uh, sure. Thank you for, again, our guest, or sorry, Brian Byron. Cogdell. Cogdell, got it right? Yeah, Byron Cogdell. Okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm not the best with names, I ain't going to lie. But I, I want to thank you very much for coming on. You have an amazing life story, and I just hope and pray for great success in your business. I can trust me, your business about to blow up. I promise you that you are going to have a successful chain. And I just wish and hope and the the like Buffalo will be just will just grow off of like just your influence. I could just see that right now. So I want to thank you very much for having having you on, Dorian. Always as always, love you, man. And uh, any words of wisdom before we head out? Any words of wisdom before we head out? <laughs> like I said, don't never give up on your dreams, man, and don't let don't listen to. Like pessimism and doubt of other people telling you that what you're dreaming about is too big. If you have the vision, walk towards it. All right. All right. This is the Breaking Barriers podcast. Check you guys later.
Take care.